Habit to break. Your heart habit to break. If you listen to Chicago's music, it actually, and and you know my work. Um, I mean, obviously, I know my work. But if you if you study any of my production, even from the time I was really young, I took a lot of influence from Chicago because <laughs> the big freaking snare drums and. All that stuff and the arrangements and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Peter Cetera. Look, I don't care. Old school or not, call us what you will. Chicago is probably one of the best produced groups, hands down. Like, yeah, listen, I, did you hear all those harmonies? Like, the, the vocal arrangements were always fire, yo. Oh, uh, and, and they yeah. had, like, a whole, like, brass section. Yeah. Like, when they toured, like, they were just a big fucking entertainment because when you have a like when you have a distinctive voice like like Peter Cetera, it's what stands out. It's like in in those eras where, especially now in the era where everybody sort of is on the same wave, when you get people to stand out, that should have should be fire. It should be out fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and Peter Cetera's voice, man, like the harmonies. That's one of the biggest things that I, I think I was influenced by Chicago with the harmonies and shit. And granted, there was some other R and B groups, like, but like when I was younger and growing up, before there was a Jodeci or Boys to Men, um, like, growing up in the in the eighties, hearing like Chicago or even Peter Cetera, like the fucking Karate Kid Part Two, son. Karate yeah, Kid Part boy. 2. Yeah, yep. Um, I am a man, I am a man, man who fight. will fight for your honor. I'll be the hero. <laughs> when I was when I was young, I thought it was fighting for like a judge. Fighting for <laughs> <your honor>. um, <laughs> wait, there's uh, a song called I don't know. I don't know if we're breaking rules by doing this on our podcast, but there's a Chicago song called. If she would have been faithful, and I don't know if you can look it up, and I'll entertain everybody if you can, but if you look it up, and if you can scroll to a certain part of the song, I don't know if that's possible, but he has this section when he gets to the bridge, and he goes in his line, he says, it defies a logical explanation, and that line has got to be about seven or eight part harmony, and I'm like, the detail, the attention... Oh yeah, I was never. So you gotta you find the bridge. Does it give you lyrics on there? Yeah, this is the last part. You hear that? I was right there. Yeah. Back up just no that shit. Explanation. But it's like a minor chord. Yeah, we're talking about vocals today. Full of contradictions. It's like our podcast. Full of contradictions. Yeah. There we go. Sing it, Peter. <laughs> that shit is... Uh, gives me the tinglies. It tingles yeah. my dingle. 
Um, there's something about there's something about when when people can put things in harmony. That shit is fire. Um, it, it's I, you know me. Like anytime I would do something that has uh, singing in it, I would always do at least four part harmony. I prefer right, five yeah, to six yeah. sometimes. <laughs> me, I like yeah. to stack my shit. Um, you know, blacks will come out of the choirs and Southern Baptists. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm. You know, well, I remember work like one one song I did with D Woods, probably one of the early ones. We did this song called um, "Get Your Wife," and um, it was like a kind of a poppy reggae ish song. And we had eighty eight vocal tracks. Damn! And the engineer was like, "You!" I was like, "Ah, <laughs> takes what it takes," because you're stacking each note, and then you're doing four or five part harmony, maybe mm-hmm. six, you know, and then just multiple sections like it's great but anyway uh there is something pleasing about harmonies it's about it's about frequencies and i think this has a lot to do with us as people i think that's why certain people resonate together Mm -hmm. and certain things kind of work is because of harmonization whether it's on a um, physical or energetic uh plane yeah this week has been full of harmony Please, divulge, share. No, it just seems it's so interesting how things come together and and how I do believe that we we as individuals definitely create our own storyline to the chaos of life, and we once we recognize that that we are the director, the actor, the producer, and the writer, um, you can let's say even if you're religious. Mm-hmm. let God be your financer for your life. I'm allowing you to live this particular life, but it's up to you to tell the story. I'm not going to tell the right. story for you. And I feel like when a lot of people, when they get into religion, they, they, they're like, it's all in God's hands. No, that's not how this is supposed to work. God, God, basically you were casted in this particular game called life and it is up to you to actually direct star produce all that in your life you pull main characters into your life you you pull certain relationships into your life and when we talk about relationships i'm not even just talking about um like like relationships with people i'm talking about relationships with environments relationships with objects um, we don't even realize how 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 we're highly influenced by the relationships that we have to things. Things could oh, even yes. include people. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Uh, yeah. and I think a lot of suffering tends to come from you thinking that you're not in control of what you attract. Mm-hmm. And yes. And once you actually take the initiative and say, you know what? There might be other factors, but the majority of it is on me. Once you're able to to do that, it's completely liberating. It's a huge responsibility. So that's why I think some people get scared of it. And yeah. like, you know, when we talked about how like sometimes anxiety comes from uh, observing what you're thinking, but observing that you're observing that you're thinking and you get that feedback loop. Um, I, I understand that, but to be able to 
fully understand what your relationship is to things. I think once we understand that, then it's easier to attract what we truly want. You have to understand the relationship that you have to, to environments and circumstances right then and there. And emotions will tell you, emotions will direct you to exactly where, where you are in those relationships. If something makes you uncomfortable, you could look around even your room right now. And if you, if you feel like there's something that makes you uncomfortable, like say that you feel like, oh shit, there's too much clutter in here. So I need to get rid of some of this shit. Then you understand the relationship that you once had needs to be different. And so you, you move towards trying to make things different, whether it's minimalizing or saying, oh, this room is too bare and then adding more stuff to it. But then mm -hmm. also understanding once you introduce something new to the relationship, how does that affect your change and how, the, how does that now affect your environment? So a perfect example of that is when people sort of get addicted to shit when people form a habit to things. And most of us, we all, as we said in the last podcast, we all are addicted to something. And, yep. but we all, we all have to recognize our habits in order to recognize whether or not we need to move towards something else. And without that recognition, without recognizing that, without actually taking the time to reevaluate your circumstances, that's what meditation is, is reevaluating your life to see whether or not is this suitable now? Do I still need to stick to this shit or right? You know, I think you're, you're when you when you get quiet, you're I think you're uh, in a way it doesn't make sense. Maybe I'm not clear when I say this ironically, uh, but it's almost like when you are able to clear your head or at least you know do your best. Too. And you don't, I think people need to understand you don't have to necessarily be still to meditate. Like sometimes for me, doing something is meditative. Like yeah. if I go drive my chair around the neighborhood, that's meditative to me because I'm in a new environment. I'm in, I'm looking at different things. It's just, you're, so you're not in your head. It's, it's really getting out of your head to go, oh, wow, I really think about this or that or that or that. And, but I think we get addicted to a lot of things, including thought yeah, and like I'm, evaluation and self-evaluation, Yeah, you know, but, but it's, it's just another thing that you need to find a way to, uh, to break the habit of, <laughs> there we go, mm -hmm. brought it around, bring it around to him, um, is SpongeBob reference for all y'all out there. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is an addiction. Like I do it. A lot. Like the other day I was trying to concentrate on something and something else just kept grabbing my focus and it frustrated me. And I was like, why do I keep thinking about something I, I don't have any control over? And it wasn't even a bad thing. It was just like something I had to do later. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was already thinking about it. I'm like, what? Like you'll get to that point. Like quit thinking about it. It's really frustrating. Thinking is is one of my habits that I would like to break. Well, I yeah, I'm. I don't think it is is necessarily to to break it. You have to. You mean you, everything has to be in thought. I think attachment to thought. <coughs> yeah. The the art yeah. the art of actually letting go is is 
of greater importance is to not is to understand that your thoughts aren't you they're they're sort of like like when i was talking about earlier about life being chaos and you think all right the if the world is your oyster whatever um i like to compare i like to see it as a buffet life is okay. a buffet and it is up to you to set your plate you put you choose what goes on your plate even if this, if you just like if you just randomly just grab shit then you're going to end up dealing with it later if you randomly yeah. grab shit you're just going to end up having to deal with the consequences later and to me that's what impulse is impulse is just randomly just doing shit without understanding what the consequences of your actions may be right. whereas if i prepare myself I'm going to have this. And then after that, I'm going to have this. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of this on this. And then eventually what I'll do is I'll end with this. You can do that on a day-to-day basis. And most people don't like to plan. Most people don't like to schedule. I myself was part of that. I, I was not a planner. I was not a scheduler. But then my life was in more chaos. It was in more disorder. And now that I've already experienced that, I'm, I'm, I'm moving over to the other side of, of scheduling, putting things in order. Because I've, again, I've gone through the experiences of one thing. Now I, I would like to see how it is on the other side and then find ways to right. be able to sort of switch back and forth so that neither one is the best one. Right, yes. It is just opportunity so, to not feel like that's all that there is. I think it's another it's another matter of uh, being in the middle again. Yeah. With, with with certain things not being all one way or the other. It's like it's like when people talk about uh, uh, being like really a really good person. Mm-hmm. And we may have, I always say this, we may have talked about, but it is, it's, it's like that. It's, it's, well, being a just all good person, one is unrealistic. Yep. And two, it's not a, really a way to live. Sometimes you may have to bend a rule or do a rule um, and, and things like that. And, and chaos and, and uh, order. Like you said, you know, I, there are people that live very uh, chaotically, and and uh, you know it, 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 that works. But also, there is a benefit to some organization because I think if you're if you're chaotic, you may be a bit of a um, a nihilist. You know what I mean? Because you're like, well, fuck it. Like, why am I gonna put any order to this? It's all out of order. And it's like, yeah, but in a weird way, think about your body is quite a magnificent piece of order mm-hmm. in a way, it's a even, though it's, yeah. even though it's breaking down slowly, but mm-hmm. it's still like a pretty interesting piece of biological or, you know, organic, uh, uh, engineering. So there's yeah. order there, but there's chaos within it as well. Mm-hmm. It's like both happening at the same time in the words of Forrest Gump and that seems to be the way of things is that dance in between things and the video that i sent you it was interesting you were talking about um this book do you want to talk about it 
at all? Because um, I just got it. I, well, I haven't I'll, got it. I'll, I'll, mention, I'll mention it now. Okay. And then we can talk about it after you've read it. I'm almost done. It's a it's like a six hour read or listen. Or a six hour um, listen. Have you ever tried listening double speed? Oh, I oh yeah, yeah. Oh okay. You taught me that. You taught me that. I either do, once you do I, it, I either do one point five or, or two. And and yeah. Once you do it, people think like that's mm-hmm. too fast, but your brain once you get used to two, mm-hmm. your brain just takes it in. And didn't like some guy that like he who does a lot of videos we watch he said that's what he started doing was taking in audiobooks at two times speed because he was doing like several books a week mm-hmm. just to, I can't remember who it was, but somebody we listened to, maybe, is it Tim Ferriss maybe? No. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, but please give us a gist of the book. Um, This was talking about taking, it, it, it was Wait, what's the name of it again? It's Atomic Habits, How Small Changes Make Big Dick. Um, Energy. It's time time changes remarkable, tiny changes remarkable results, Atomic Habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. This is by James Clear. Um, It's a very interesting book and it shows how, how we resonate towards specific things that um, like, and you could call it bias. You could call it actually creating what you want out of life and, and making your own path. Cause some people will call it um, bias. Others might call it um, cogn- yeah, cognitive bias, or you could say, I'm actually creating my own path. And in this buffet of right. life, I don't always have to side with, with a group. I can actually do some individual shit or be able to do my own thing without always having to follow the herd. And there's nothing wrong with that because when it comes down to it, you all you have. In the end, my friend, it is you who dies, not anybody else. Um, right. And so Which while is heavy you're here, when you, that's kind of heavy when you think about it. Yeah. So, um, so with this particular um, audio book, it's about yeah making small changes not feeling like you got to dive into it. A, a great analogy is there's one thing about jumping into freezing cold water is another thing about walking into freezing cold water. Yeah. One is more bearable than the other. One is more adaptable than the other. Most of us are so impatient that all we try to do is just dive into shit. You want change. Yeah. And then you just dive into it without actually taking the understanding the process. The process of the goal is way more important than the goal itself. And what happens is our, and this is some of the things that they talk about in the book, is our desire to want something is actually greater than when we get what we want. Yeah. I'll say this again, our desire to want something is way, way, way more important than when we get what we want, because you know, the end result, you you know, the things that you've yearned for or crave. And then as soon as you get it, you're like, oh, like that was it. Yeah. 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 I know what we're talking or it's, about. Or it's not, or it's not what you think it is. <laughs> yeah. Or it's not it what could you be, think it, it is. Yeah. It could be, it could be a lot of things. And, and we, because. Well, 
Yeah, it's what we built up. It's what we built up in our head is the idea of things, and then when you're in it, and you go, "Oh, wait a minute," but you know, one thing you were talking about small habits or small changes. Yeah, uh, you can almost look at this as geometry. Is look at okay, say you know if you're talking like on a on a circle like directions like so zero degrees is straight up right mm. or like on a, a graph whatever you want to call it mm. so zero degrees is straight up so that's the path you're on Speak so on. some people want to like if you say oh i really want to change things they want to do like or just for simplicity's sake they want to go 30 degrees to the right okay so now you're 30 degrees now you're really diverging from where you would have been right Mm-hmm. So you make a pretty drastic change, but what people don't get is you can still, you could make a five degree change and still get, because then here's the thing. Now you're five degrees off center. So now you're going on a path that may take longer to get to where that 30 was. Maybe that 30 was not where you wanted to be, but here's the weird thing. So now your five is your new zero. Right. So then if you make another five, now, really, you're 10 off of your old zero and so forth. So those, incre- I mean, it's probably the principle of the book that you're reading, I would guess. I mean, kind of like that where it, it's compound. So when people mm-hmm. say, oh, like, I want to change my life, like, it is, and I, I mean, I know this for, for a fact, is that small incremental changes and you make these habits. Like, I remember, I mean, e- even dumb things like, uh, I don't know, whatever your nightly ritual is, you know what I mean? And you can change those things. And then you go, oh, now I have a habit, a positive habit of putting things kind of in order before I go to bed. And right. what does that do for you? Well, to me, it clears my head because I'm not going to bed going, oh, I got to do this in the morning. Because now right. when I get up, all I got to do is make breakfast. Everything's already set. Like I don't have to do a bunch of shit from the night before. It's like, oh, that's already done. And I, now I don't even think about it. So it's like a no-brainer. And I I mean, anything, I mean, sorry, I'm taking over your book description, no, but anything no, else? You're, no, you're not. Regarding the those book? Are, those, are, those are some of the examples that they said in the book, just about like organizing um, and then making sure that certain areas are mandated for only specific things so that it doesn't interrupt the flow of what that area was supposed to represent. Like when people have insomnia, don't go to bed if you're not tired. Go into, don't, go into another room and then once you feel tired, then you go to bed and you keep on training yourself to do that because then bed becomes the place that you rest, not the place that you look at your phone, um, maybe the place where you masturbate and have sex, that's fine because that'll probably put you to sleep too. Um, but those are, those should be the only things that you're allowed to do in bed, like any other shit, like watching TV, anything that requires you to stay awake, then you probably don't want to do that because then your body is going to recognize that this is where I'm supposed to, this is my awake spot. And that's a a great example of what they talked about. But then it was the one thing that I liked was he was talking about the the small increments, but also make it, um, what do you say, uh, make it obvious. 
Now, most people get vague when they want to change in, in their goals. Oh, I want to lose 20 pounds. Well, how are you going to do it? Well, I'm going to go right, to the gym yes. and I'm going to try to work out. When are you going to do it? Like these, like if there's, if there's a question to anything, then you're not being obvious. Make it as obvious as possible. Friday, I'm going to wake up at certain amount of time. After that, I'm going to at, at this time. Doing that, writing your own script is one of the best ways to just follow something. And then once you actually have that habit of, of what you wrote down on the script, then you can start to add the, then you can start to improv because you've already made it part of you. And so now it's just second nature. Then you can add, you know, your, your different other aspects of it. And even if you fuck it up, you can pull it back. It's like when you're, it's like actually being a character in your own play, be like, okay, this, this, this line didn't work. Let me try something else. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's a better way to steer your, your life in the path of what you want to create what you want. If you, if I, for instance, right now in, in my photography business is growing exponentially very, very, it seems very rapidly, but I started this shit in 2011. Manny Lau started this in 2011 and yeah, we got, there was some things that I would say that we got lucky to be able to do. But if I look back on it and, and look through, through the process based on where I am now, and I look at it and be like, damn, I can't believe that somebody paid us for that shit. But it's, it's important to be able to understand that each increment was at the time a success. I can look back on it now and be like, oh, that was that was shit. I could do so much better. But that's based on the character that I am now. Who I am in this moment yeah. in that character is not the same character that was like 20 years ago or even 10 years ago right. or even five right. years ago or even 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 30 minutes ago. Like even the, the stuff that I processed from the last photography shoot that I did, that's going to be one of the dopest things that I've done. And then soon it won't be. So being able to see two sides of that coin is is amazing because then you know that you're continuing to prepare yourself for change. And once you get into the habit of change, life starts to reveal so many things and it seems that it comes to you easy. It's a privilege to be able to recognize that life is change because there are others in life that don't fucking see it that way at all. That's the nihilistic way of seeing life as chaotic and I'm, nothing is in my control. But even yeah. that is your order. Your chaos is also your order. Your chaos is also right. your habit. Yep, yep. It's like you well, can't take yeah. yourself away from, from habit. You think that you're not in control. And so you, you what you end up doing is you put all that shit on other people. You put that shit on other circumstances, on other situations, other environments. Oh, it's this environment. Maybe if I just moved away from this environment, then no longer would I practice those particular things. But if you've been in that shit long enough, that shit always will carry with you. If you've ever had one relationship to the next, to the next, to the next, and anything, we could talk about just like relationships yes. with people, but yes. with anything, with absolutely anything. And you're yes. like, 
Oh, it's the same shit. This is the same. Yeah, this is the yeah. same person. This is the same girlfriend. It's not them who needs to change. It is you that recognizes that you need to change. In the in the video, I think this is a good way to 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 even bring in the idea of the video that I sent today, which was about letting go of like exes and things like that. Yeah, those are just addictions because think about even if you're in a bad relationship you're addicted to the bad relationship right like and you may be addicted to that feeling you may self-sabotage your own shit because by the way it's not the other person it literally is you when you go it's not you it's me it literally yes it is it is me and and you know, this crosses both lines because you were talking about, well, tying them all together. First of all, becoming aware, like we were talking about, you know, meditating or whatever, but becoming aware of your thoughts and then stop identifying with them and saying, well, this is what, like, I'm really weird about the word deserve and all that stuff. Like, it's a little weird. I mean, although I, for me, it's interesting because I brought it up to someone the other day. But I also realized I was raised to not feel like I, it's going to sound sad, to not feel <laughs> like I'm just deserving of everything. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Right. So, but, but that's a dangerous thing. One, you don't want to take it too far. It's almost like, it's almost like if, if you become famous or something or well-known, the more mm-hmm. serious you take it and the more you are attached to that, the more dangerous it is. And the more loosely, you know, the old 38 special song, hold on loosely. That, by the way, in that song, he says, hold on loosely and don't let go. Uh, If you grip too tight, you're going to lose control. Like, how philosophical is 38 special? It's, It's the same with everything, whether it's even your own shit. So clinging to... Say if I had a, a thought, well, I don't deserve things or this or maybe a nice relationship, then you are just going to repeat the same shit because you're right. going, no, you know what? I'm not going to think like that or I'm going to say this or maybe I'm going to act this way. But it all starts with you. And when you were talking about even your work, your photography work, <clears throat> it's the same like musically for me, you know, the first beats I made when I was really out of this music I made in high school was mm-hmm. not good. But at the time, we're like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is, and then the next time it's better, next time it's better, next time it's better. And then after a while you look back and you go, oh shit, like yeah. I'm way better than I used to be. Because, um, well, think of, yo, you said something that was that was great because at the time that you're doing something, if you're if you don't, create a reward for what you're doing you won't do it anymore because then it'll become a chore so even in the time that you're creating the fact that you actually made something was the first reward it's like oh shit i made a beat and in your mind it sounded like what everybody else was probably doing and then the thing is the more and more you start to pull things in to your put things on your plate, then the greater the meal becomes. 
And then you start looking at the abundance of that meal and you're like, oh shit, this is a fucking nice, heavy plate and shit. I can't believe all I took in the beginning was these little scraps. And that's what you're saying about just looking back on things. But the the whole part of it is you have to create, you have to create a reward system within that in order to keep pressing. Because if you don't, yeah. then you'll then you'll find something else and you'll go towards that instead. It's, it's, it's almost like, and I want to relate it to, well, I want to relate to two things. One kind of trivial and one not trivial. But mm-hmm. for me, it's like, and I'm actually staring out of here because, you know, I use my iPhone camera when we do these uh, podcasts. And I've had the same iPhone for almost two years. Now, for a lot of people that know me, including you, that's probably interesting because every time they fucking come out with a new one, I buy a new one. And this was something that I have been using as a test to myself. As trivial as it sounds, they came out with a new one. Everybody goes, so I'm just going to get a new one. I'm like, nope, not this time. I'm going to hold out. I'm going to hold out. And I've been holding out. And even though, like, I'll go to the website and start daydreaming, you know? Like, oh, man, ooh, I get a new iPhone 12. And then I go, no, 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 no. 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 But what's weird is that's become my reward. That's how I work. When I, when I am successful, and by the way, it's not like I know people would go, you know, you deserve this, you deserve that. But to me, not acting spontaneously like that, knowing I don't need, like I have a perfectly working phone. I don't need a new one. It's yeah. always been my way to do, to, to just, oh, I want the newest thing, the newest thing, the newest thing. But I'm like, well, I mean, mine works, so I don't really need it. Like, why don't, how about we try this this time? This is a conversation in my head that I had was, why don't we try it this time is to just keep the phone for at least two years. Yep. And then, because, by the way, with AT&T, you, can, you pay it in installments. So I was like, here's a, here's a novel idea. Pay the damn thing off during its term. And now you have a phone, and then you go get another one if you yep. want. Don't even have to. Like, you know, because it's, it's funny. If you look around you at people you admire, just see what their priorities are and see what their things are. And by the way, this is where I want to draw it over to relationships is the same thing. Is you, there is this weird, well, it's not weird. You have to find this delicate balance of if you want to be in a relationship with someone to understand two things you don't own them you don't control them right and the only thing you do control is you and i've been talking to a friend of mine about this and she's been in a similar situation and we've been uh just kind of comparing notes in how we act around or in certain situations and we both mentioned um, the newfound habit, I should say, or the desire of habit to act without expectation. Because that's what a lot of people do. Um, they act with, like, if I do this, they're going to do this. Well, how do you know that? Mm-hmm. That's... I mean, if you know somebody always does something, you may get away with that. They may be conditioned that way. But then again, do you want that? You know, you want somebody to do thing, things 
of their own um, will. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what love is, I guess, in my definition. Or at least in a relationship. Actually, in any kind of relationship, you can't make somebody do anything. Right. Um, unless they want to. Now, that doesn't mean you can't take actions that may change their mind to right. where they are influenced to do something may, they, you know, that's, but that, but that's on you. So it's, you know, this um, thing of relationships as an addiction is really dangerous because if you have a addictive tendency, that's where you have to start looking at yourself and going, you know, this is a journey I've been on for the past five, six months is just really reviewing what I do and how I do it. And am, am I doing this because I have to be addicted to something? I'm very goal oriented. You know what I mean? But, but that almost plays back into what you were saying about being specific. It's like, it's like with my book, a perfect example, by the way, and I'll make it brief. I, I know you have a comment, but it's yeah. with my book. And I said, <clears throat> months ago, I said, I want to write a new book. Okay. Well, I get that. Now, like you said, how? Quantify it. So to me, that was, I'm going to write 2,500 words every week. Okay. Started that. Then I upped it and said, why not just write five days a week and just at least 500? So then we're still getting into 2,500. So anyway, I'm probably doubling the speed that I wrote my first book in. Because mm. I'm upwards of like 56,000 words already. And I don't even know if I'm halfway done yet. But like you said, it's it's uh, quantifying it. Like you said, if you want to lose weight, okay, that's vague. It's like me, I want to write a book. That's vague. Well, yeah. how are you going to do it? Or Break it what down. is it about? What is the content? Exactly. How are you going to outline everything? Like you got to go to the, when you, when you're able to stop asking questions, then you have the flow. Yep. When it just, when it just kind of, when it just falls out, then you don't have to strain. It just becomes, it just falls out like diarrhea. And, and that's, that's an important aspect of it. It's got to fall out like shit. Whereas you don't got to wait for it. It just comes and just goes all over the place. And it's, and it's a wonderful thing. It's magical. It's a, well, it's a beautiful, beautiful, harmonious thing. It comes down to something I said in the, the, the document, the Philadelphia documentary about me mm-hmm. that Rob Stoller did. And I was, there was this part in there um, this is weird because I feel like I was way ahead of my time. So it was what, 2002, 2003. And I said, um, you, I said, most people are scared of the power that they possess. Um, because they can do a lot of things that I'm not trying to be even be motivational. That could be a, you could want to do bad things. We don't want that. But I'm just saying the power you have is, is, is really anything. I said, I brought it down to such a, a tri- once again, a trivial example. And I was sitting there with like a can of something, probably a diet soda, you know me. Most likely. Anyway, but I was holding it and I was talking to Rob. This is kind of like a random 
like off the cuff, kind of having me comment on things. And I said, we can do anything. We can do anything. I said, I could literally take this can and just dump it onto the carpet. I wouldn't do that because I'm not disrespectful to whoever has to clean it up. Right. But it was literally that trivial. I mean, it's you can do those things. So which is overwhelming when you think about it. Um, and I think people are scared of that. But, uh, but that would probably be chaos theory. Was it Simon Birch can't if everyone went around doing any, everything they wanted it'd be chaos. Yeah. Um, so there you go. So you do have some self control, but to to me, what it becomes is however you operate. It's almost like that has to become the challenge. Like, like I say, if you it's almost like if you want to find a relationship. Oh shit! I actually have a perfect example. I'm gonna prove mm-hmm. my point. A friend of mine and I have been talking about his relationships, and uh, he may watch this, so he'll know this is about him. And he was really in love with this girl, but she was kind of, you know, giving him the runaround and confusing him and all these things. And, you know, there were other girls that liked him and that he was kind of hanging out with, but he really liked this one girl, like really Mm -hmm. genuinely. And a couple months ago, two, three months ago, he was telling me about her. I said, look, try this. Um, Because, you know, it's kind of what I'm trying myself in a general way. I said, let go of her. He's like, what do you mean? I said, let go. Just quit hitting her up so much. Just let her go. Like, it's not in a bad way. You still can feel how you feel about her. But let her go do her own thing. Like, just stop sweating it. Let her go. Like, and I mean, let... It's it's always funny when people say, well, yeah, I let her go. But then they're checking out their Instagram page. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, literally do other shit. Think about mm-hmm. other people. Do Find a distraction, if you will. Um, but then at one point, you will really let go. So he did this for a couple months. And I said, if she hits you up, you can be cordial, but just be like... I said, think of it like your best friend. It's like me and you. If we didn't, here's how we do with relationships, or some people do. If if you don't hit me up for two days, I'm not at home going. Did I say something to Kai? Like, he hasn't <laughs> texted me. Like, is he upset with me? Like, why doesn't he? Does he not like me anymore? I saw he posted a picture, so I know he's on his phone. I know it sounds stupid, but. That's what we, when we're in it, we're trying to be in a relationship or we have this certain, like, addiction or thing mm-hmm. with someone. We do that shit. And they may not even be your girlfriend or whatever. You're just like, she hit me back today. Like, or right. she answered that text funny. I go, and I said, you know why it is? Because you're not scared of your relationship with your friend. Because you know that's fine. You let right. that go because it just is what it is. You're yeah. not trying to make it anything more than it is. You ain't trying to fuck your friend. Well, might be, but you know what I mean. Like I'm trying to fuck you. So that's very flattering. Thank you. So, <laughs> but do you, but do you know what I mean? Like, but that's that's what it is, and people don't see that. Right. It's like because people go, like, oh, I can go days without talking to my best friend. Well, why? Oh, because I know they're my best friend. 
Right. Yeah, because you're not you don't doubt it. That they're, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. So anyway, a couple of things, and and and, and I'll, I'll throw it back to you. But this, uh, about a week ago, I get a call. Well, we had kept in touch, me and this friend. So about a week ago, he hit me up, and he goes, and he had done what I said. He really did it. He held strong and let go. He goes, yo, so that girl hit me up. She wanted to talk. I said, okay. And he's like, she wants to come and like visit me. And we had like a really good talk. I said, okay, okay. Now is the hard part because don't deny it and don't be a dick. But now have the same detachment to her. So if she changes her mind or whatever, whatever, you really got to be okay with it. You really got to be okay with it. And don't bullshit yourself. Really take it as, I'll take it or leave it. I don't care. And I mean that legitimately. Mm -hmm. And my my, my last comment for the moment, because we were talking about fear. Mm -hmm. The other day I was out looking at a new apartment. Um, I don't know how that's going to go. I'm trying to be unattached to the outcome. But Mm -hmm. um, every time I get a cab driver they end up being like a philosopher. And this cab driver is a very sweet lady. Her name is Darlene. It's one of the best names out there. She's the sweetest lady. Very philosophical. She's a grandma. She's just really cool. She, after I went to the apartments the other day to look at this apartment, she always, she's always got some good advice for me. We pull into my parking garage And before she lets me out the car, because she has me hostage, basically, she looked at me and said, do not live in fear. You won't do anything if you live in fear. And I was like, noted. This shit was wild. Wow. But she was like, she, she was even telling me, she goes, she goes, I, she goes, I'm 58 years old, and I, they went to Sun, I don't know if they went to Six Flags or whatever, and she goes, and we went there, and it was like last year, and I want to get on this roller coaster, and everybody was like, you can't go on there, you're old, like, old lady, you're old lady. She goes, I wanted to do it, it's my life, damn it. She goes, I did it, and I had the best damn time. Oh, that's awesome. I wasn't scared, I wasn't scared. Well, I use fear as, I actually use fear as motivation. I'm interested. Please tell me more. Fear, fear, or and and even doubt. I use it as motivation to move me because you say death, doubt. Oh, doubt. I was like, no, some man, people use and, death oh, though. Well, well, that's that's what fear is usually driven by. Because if you didn't fear death, number one, you'd be dead. You, you, <laughs> well, you'd be you'd actually procrastinate too much because you, you always feel like, oh, well, eventually. I'll get to it. Fascinate way much it. more. That's why immortality is not might not necessarily be the best thing because you'll end yeah. up procrastinating more because you need drive. You you actually need the fear of not being able to ever do that again to make purpose and value in life and shit. So I yep. I literally use fear. I was telling I was telling um one of my clients uh, my, uh that 
I'm driven by fear. It is important that um, that I acknowledge my mortality in order to move me towards things that I know I can learn from. So that's exactly what I do. And um, I uh, now I'm being distracted by a sound that is way too loud. Um, unfortunately, I, I need to pad these walls with a lot more soundproofing because so I'm, you hearing sound Whitney great. Houston. I can I'm using I'm hearing Whitney Houston and it just fucking threw me off. Damn, I need my really? Own I can't hear it. Anyway, well, I can. Um, luckily, the mic is not picking that up. Um, so with fear, even even um, it fear actually helps me to to curb addictions. So to, and what I was going to talk about earlier about addictions is that that I I honestly feel as if that there's a difference between addictions and and abuse. If we're all addicted to something, then we can be functional addicts. It is when we start the abuse part. It's when we cause the chaos based on only singling out one particular thing, giving value to one th particular thing. When uh, that video that, that we watched with the guy that was talking about um, be addicted to the infinite, well, that just means that put yourself in so many different experiences so that you don't have one thing that you just hold on to. That way you can actually taste all the fruits of life other than feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm only this one thing. Like, I would never want to say that I'm just a personal trainer, or I'm just a photographer, or I'm just a black man, or I'm just a fucking sexually fucking sexy as fuck man that if I was a woman, I'd fuck me. Kind of like Buffalo Bill. I don't, I'm not just that. I'm not gay for right. myself. I'm not just a lesbian. Um, I like there's I'm not so many just things. Lesbian. There's so many there's things. Podcast once we, title. Once we <laughs> once once we identify our habits, we get the opportunity to say, "Oh, that's not just me." That's what change right. is: is recognizing what you are and then saying, "That's not just me." And because nobody wants to be pigeonholed by saying, oh, I'm just a, I'm just a black man. I'm just a freaking dude with dreads. I'm just a muscle dude. I'm just a personal trainer. You're just right. a quiet man. You're just a gimp. You're just an emo god. You're just... <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, please keep that up. I was trying to no, break I... it down. <laughs> I wanted the right. transition to be like, all of a sudden you just go like this. Right. You're right. I'm not. And so you know then me, the question is: so Is the well. motivation of tears based on uh, based on insult, or is it the the joy that yes, I know who I am now? So this is yeah. How so it's a, little, it's a little bit of both at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I. 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 And I think. I think you're right. Is um. I don't know what book it was in, but we. It may have even been brought up recently, but. It, there's this mm -hmm. thing about where this experiment to not act like your normal self uh -huh. and throw people off and try it. It's like trying on a different mask, you know? So, um, I actually did this today, uh, with something I would have reacted one way and I actually 
went ahead and reacted some totally different way just mm. to see. And I was like, Ooh, that was nice. One of the you know, things that I've been trying like, to get you to do for someone's a little years. bit Someone's a little bit thrown off and you're like, I felt good. All right, man, do that, that again. That's the thing. The discomfort shows you the change. When, well, when that's, one of my well, clients again, like, like if I if I do something for myself, then I'm going to feel disappointed. I'm going to cause disappointment within others. Well, that is showing you that you're changed. You've changed. So stay on the path. You're supposed to get all the fucking the familiar but, disappointment shit. Go ahead. We're, we're about to. Oh my god! Here we go. Here we go. Get ready for the universe to collapse. That's where we jumping in. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm dance. doing the foot. I'm doing the foot thing like dancing okay the, the footwork as they call it um but when you i'm trying to break this down the right way um i don't even know if i can i think i'm gonna fuck it up what were you just saying because now my thought got so deep oh. and i was like well i was talking about the the the, the un, when your environment oh, the, becomes the fear un, yeah yeah the fear the fear so the fear, the fear thing is when, when you delve into fear, you're, you're that's the unknown. And that, mm. this is why people do the same things over and over again is because it's comforting. They know what to expect, but mm. that's once again, that's a, a dead mindset. It's a dead mindset. You, I mean, to put it bluntly, you might as well be dead if you do that. Mm. Right. I mean, are you, are you any better than being dead if you're doing the same thing over and over because you already know the result and you're comfortable with the result. Mm -hmm. You're like, I know what to expect here. I right. know what to expect so I don't have to panic. By the way, and you're, it's not going to, I mean, obviously unless you do something really stupid. But yeah, I mean, the, but the growth, what is it? Uh, it says, uh, look what you're scared of. Uh, that's where you should be. Um, you should be bars. headed in the, that direction. Bars. Bars. Be scared. Just remember be, be, that. Yeah. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Be afraid. Be scared. But in 